I'm Destin Harrison, and you're listening to the Gig Salad Green Room Interviews. Have you ever licked icing off your finger and accidentally swallowed your wedding ring? Yeah, me neither. But Jerry Gergich has. Jerry, that lovable oaf from Parks and Recreation. Jerry who can't seem to do anything right. Jerry who we all love to see and nobody wants to be. Thankfully, Jim O'Hare, the man behind the role of Jerry Gergich, is much better at, well, everything. In fact, aside from the fact that they're both just generally nice guys, there aren't a whole lot of similarities between Jim and Jerry. This summer, you can catch Jim in the lead role of a film called Middleman, which also stars Josh McDermott, Andrew J. West, and Annie Dudek. Sounds pretty cool, right? Stay tuned, and we'll give you all the details. So we are here with Jim O'Hare. Jim, how are you doing? I'm good, Dustin. How are you doing? Doing very well, thanks. So, of course, we're going to talk about Parks and Recreation. We have to talk about Parks and Recreation. But before we jump into that, uh, tell me about Middleman. Middleman, um, it's a film that a friend, my friend Ned Crowley, who's a kind of a big deal in the ad world, he wrote this film over 10 years ago uh, for me, with me in mind. Uh, we, It's a very dark film. It, it's... Uh, it's kind of a, I mean, there's some, certainly some laughs in it, but it's far from a comedy. It's just a very dark film, a lot of blood. Um, well, he wrote it and it was awesome. And, uh, it was like, well, that's great. Now what? Neither one of us had any power to do anything. And then because of parks, um, it generated, you know, I became more familiar to people. And, you know, as they say in town, there was a little heat around me, as they call it. Um, and he got a call one day because he had put the film out there, uh, to be, you know, with different production companies and everything. And, no one bit, and then till someone realized that he was connected to me, they called him and said, "If you can get O'Hare attached, um, we'll do it." So, a couple meetings later, next thing we know, we're doing it, and it was um, it's certainly the hardest thing I've ever shot uh, in many ways, not just conditions because we shot most of it in the desert, but uh, it was it's an emotional film. It's a it's a total different film from. You know, Gary from Jerry, whatever the hell I'm called from Parks, because um, it's basically about a guy. He's a uh, just an accountant, just a regular run of the mill guy. He's been living with his mother, never had a family or anything, and, and she raised him on comedy. But the comedy she raised him on was Burns and Allen, and uh, you know the old timers, uh, Abbott and Costello. So that's to him what comedy is, and him and his mother would memorize bits from those kind of people. So his mother passes away. He's got nothing left. So he's going to honor her, and he's going to try to become a stand-up, and he's going to go to Vegas where there's these big competition happening. Well, unfortunately, on the way to Vegas, he makes one terrible, terrible mistake and picks up a hitchhiker, and things go bad from there. Uh, so from there, there's just a lot of craziness. Um, it, it goes to show one one bad turn uh, can really change your life, and that's what happened to this character. His character's name is Lenny, Lenny Freeman. Uh, but it was such a great film to get to do after Parks because Jerry is such a wonderful, loving, sweet guy uh, that it was great to get to really get nitty-gritty. Uh, you know, Hollywood kind of labels people, you know, I'm the funny, wacky, big guy, whatever, which is great. You know, I, I, I love playing that too, but it was so nice to get to really dig deep into something. Um, and Andrew J. West is my co-star. He's Most people know him from uh, Walking Dead, but... Dude, he is just, he kills it. He just kills it. We also have Josh uh, McDermott from Walking Dead who plays Eugene. Uh, we have Annie Dudek. Poor girl had to do a love scene with me for three hours one night. God bless her. 
Um, you know, so it's the cast is really amazing. Uh, Ned Crawley directed it and wrote it, and it will be. We're having the it, it, it got sold, which is the big miracle. We won a bunch of awards all over the country, Seattle, and even out of country. Uh, it, it's so crazy. My favorite thing is that we won both drama and comedy at the Edmonton Awards in Canada. Like they couldn't even figure out where the hell to put it, so they put it in both, and we won both categories. Um, so it, it's been a really fun ride. Uh, we're getting distribution. So June, I believe it's June 8th, it's going to open in L.A. We're going to do a premiere. Then we're going to catch a plane. And June 9th, it'll open in New York. Uh, I think it'll do a two- to three-week run in theaters. And then it'll hit all of the VODs and the Netflix and all that kind of stuff. So here's what I thought was funny. It, it, it What stuck out to me about what you just said was they wrote this with you in mind, and it's a really dark, not funny movie. What's the connection there? Oh, dude, my comedy... All, the people who know me know that my comedy is dark. Like my Jim O'Hare. When Jim O'Hare is being funny, it's going to be dark. It's going to be filthy. It's going to be, um, you know, wrong. It's going to be wrong on every level. But I, I, I say none of it with anger. Like it's just where my sense of humor is. And so people who have known me forever, you know, Ned, someone I, you know, I started doing comedy with back in the '80s. So he knows what my sense of humor is. Uh, Jerry's a great sweet guy, but. Jim O'Hare is not Jerry. You know, Jerry Jerry wouldn't say damn if you made him. And, you know, I, I'm more than willing to drop an F-bomb every other word if I can. I think that's so funny how not Jerry you are. <laughs> yeah, this is the real me. You know, there's, there's, and I get it. We did 125 parks. You know, we're on Netflix. We're all on television. So, you know, They've seen me in this one light, and it's a great light. I mean, boy, if the world were full of Jerry's, what a wonderful place it would be. Um, but I'm not one of them, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm like Jerry as far as I'm a decent human being. I certainly don't go out of my way to hurt anybody or harm anybody. But, you know, I, I have my things. So you finally found the girl of your dreams. You've successfully navigated your first date, your first kiss, your first I love you, your first fight, your first anniversary, and then you realize it. She's the one. But how do you tell her? How do you ask that special someone to spend the rest of their life with you? Well, if you're anything like Samuel from Boston, you could hire a mime to ask her for you. A little untraditional maybe, but hey, at least he's thinking outside of the invisible box. Visit gigsalad.com to find out how we can help you book something awesome. You're listening to the Gig Salad Green Room Interviews. I like this salad. You originally auditioned for Ron Swanson rather than Jerry, didn't you? I did. Uh, it was funny because the word got out that Amy Poehler was getting a uh, series, you know. So she had just come off of SNL and. You know, Amy was a hot property. So it was one of those talked about. You know, everybody was talking about, boy, wouldn't it be great to get an audition for that? And, you know, you talk to your people about if there's any way to get me in, all this kind of stuff. So as it turns out, the producers uh, at the time, uh, uh, Greg Daniels and Mike Shore, they had pretty much had Nick Offerman in mind from the very beginning, which is the thought of anyone else doing it. You know, it makes no sense in any world that I'm comfortable in. But, uh, you know, the way networks are, they were told you're going to have to audition a bunch of people. We have to have a lot of choices, all this kind of stuff. So I went in. I did my version of Ron Swanson. Um, different than Nick's, 
but they liked something they saw. So, uh, like, two, about two weeks later, and I get a call, and I, they said, uh, Jim, would you come, you know, they asked me if I would come back for this other role. And I, of course, you know. Uh, the thing I always tell people, what's so important is every audition, you don't know what it can lead to because you don't know who's in that room. So, yes, I would never want Swanson. Never in a million years thinking I really stood a decent chance at it, but I wanted to do a good job for, you know, Greg Daniels and Mike Short. Uh, you know, I'm an admirer of their work. So, I did something they liked. They brought me back. And then the story that Mike always tells is that uh, Greg looked at him after my audition and said, let's put him at a desk. It'll work itself out. And that's what happened. Um, they thought, you know, it was funny in the auditions and likable enough, I guess. And uh, next thing you know, I'm at the desk. And they were super honest. Like, they, we shot six before. There was no pilot. Amy had been pregnant. It was a whole thing. And so the, NBC literally said, shoot six of them. So we started, like in uh, oh boy, April. I, I I forget when we actually started, but it was very. No one knew what was happening, so they didn't sign me to be a regular. They just said, you know, I, I was just a guest every week, never knowing because they were very honest. They said, "There's a chance this won't work out. We don't know what this office is going to be yet." So it was great because at the very beginning, so we do the six, and then you know the show gets picked up. By the beginning of the next season, I think we were four or five episodes in, and they you know offered me a, a you know a series regular role, which you know for an actor that's the dream job, uh, and then to have it do 125 episodes, that's a, a miracle. And first of all, for a show to get on the air itself is a miracle. There's so much against it, uh, so to get on the air was great. Now. You know, we're in syndication, and for an actor, that's always comforting, um, you know, because if things are slow, there's at least, uh, you know, a quarterly something coming in, which is nice. But, yeah, so I, I'm rambling. But to get back to your question, yes, I did for uh, uh, Ron Swanson. But I'll also say this. Here's how much NBC knew to trust Mike and Greg. When push came to shove at the very end, they uh, there was no testing. Like, normally you test for a show. NBC, or Greg and Mike sent NBC their choices and said, here's who we want. And that was that. NBC said, let's go for it. So it was pretty awesome. Be honest, though. Were you ever a little bit disappointed that somebody else got Ron and you ended up the, the goofy guy, the goofy character? Truly not disappointed, uh, especially when I see what Nick does with it. The thought of, really, I can't imagine anybody else doing that role. And uh the Jerry role, you know, that was how Jerry turned out. Nobody knew that was the plan. I mean, there was a lot of talk. Who could Jerry be? What could it be? What is his home life? And Amy had come up with a uh, – she had a pitch where, you know, maybe Jerry's wife was this tiny little chain-smoking woman because when Jerry got home, he was this tyrant who, you know, his family feared him because he was, you know, shit on at work. So maybe he goes home and shit on his family. But um, Mike's, Mike's sure his thought was, which, thank God – we have to give Jerry an amazing home life because otherwise, really, what is good in this man's life that, you know, he wouldn't be blowing his head off. So they gave me Christy Brinkley. They gave me three daughters. They gave me a home life that that's all that really mattered to Jerry. Work was work, and he certainly loved his coworkers and would have done anything for them, but he knew what his priorities were, and his priorities were work. So uh, I loved that I got to play that. So no, I, I can tell you, uh, no, uh, literally no, no weirdness at all about that. I'm so glad to hear you say that too, because Jerry turned out to be such a good character. I live for the Jerry laugh. 
So funny. <laughs> when it started, it was Dan Gore who co-created with Mike Shore, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Dan uh, came up with the bit. We were doing, I think it was season two, one of the first episodes, Louis C.K. was guesting. And we were doing this coming up with uh, dirt on each other in the office. And Jerry was like, eh, I'm not really a fan of this type of game, but I was going to play along. And so the bit was, uh, at the time, uh, uh, Paul Schneider was on the show playing Mark Brandanowitz. And he comes over to me and he goes, uh, or no, I say to him because I think I've got some dirt on him. So I'm like, hey, I hear you got uh, two unpaid parking tickets. You know, big deal. And he says, oh, really? Well, uh, I something about, he says to me something about, well, your, uh, your pot-smoking adoptive mother. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, you didn't know she smoked pot? I go, I didn't know I was adopted. So right then and there, that's who Jerry was going to be. Kind of the guy who just wasn't. You know, he was going to be the butt of the joke. And so Mike will tell, he tells people all the time, it got to the point where he would have to say to the writer's room, stop with the Jerry jokes, because they were obsessed with it. You know, another way to slam Jerry. Because he goes, it's all everybody wanted to write, was these terrible Jerry things. So, yeah, I I, I love Jerry. And I always say, because someone said to me at one of these talks that I've done, you know, what if 20 years from now there's someone still calling you Jerry? I said, that will be an honor. That will be an absolute honor. It wouldn't bother me at all. I would imagine playing a role like Jerry kind of comes with some challenges, too, though, especially like a lot of physical comedy that you had to do, uh, like Chris Pratt slamming a pie into your face and you lit your arm on fire. They would have to fight me on it because I was always they always had stunt people standing by and I'm like, let me do this. I mean, none of it was dangerous. There was one I had to fall and trip. I could do, I loved, you know, I'm a big guy, so I know they're concerned, like, oh, my gosh, can he do this? But I'm a very nimble big guy, and uh, I loved doing all that. It's all so safe. The fire, the fire thing, my God, there was a fire chief. There was a fire inspector. There was assistants uh, standing by with, uh, uh, you know, extinguishers. It could not have been safer. They wrapped my arm in this goo, and then they put gauze around the goo, and then they put more goo over the gauze. I mean, it was, it's all done so smartly and so safely, and I love that stuff. And one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten, because I love her and respect her so much, is Amy Poehler at some event said, you know, Jim O'Hare is one of the best I've ever seen in physical comedy. And that meant the world to me, because I don't see myself as, you know, the best at something like that, but... For her to say it, it meant a whole lot. But I loved when they were giving those opportunities. But again, sometimes I, they, they'd be like, no, insurance. I go, I know, I know, but let me do one, and then you guys go from there. And normally they, they always use the one you did because it's easier to, you know, for editing purposes. You know, you got the guy's face and everything. Man, that takes guts, though. That's, that's adventurous. Oh, but I love stuff. I really, I, uh, I just love the fire thing was absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, everybody was, you know, afraid, like, and the only thing that was funny, and because it didn't dawn on me, the, the, uh, the stunt guy said, I'm just, there's one big piece of advice I can give you. And I said, yes. He goes, don't put your arm down. I'm thinking, well, what do you mean? Well, yeah, when you put your arm down, the flames go up. You know what I mean? So in other words, keep your arm straight out the whole time. Because anything else could lead to some trouble. I don't know. I just, I love that stuff. I just love that stuff. I heard one time you said in another interview, uh, you, not Jerry, you put a pitchfork through your foot. 
I did when I was younger, yeah. And it was one of those things, when you do something that stupid, you don't even know you've done it, and then I, like, you don't feel it almost, because your body goes into some sort of shock or something like that. And I just look down, and it's the pitchfork is literally standing up because it's in my foot. It's not even falling. It's so deep in my foot. Yeah, just an idiot kid, you know. What are you going to do? Who was the most difficult person to work with on the set of Parks and Rec? Wow. Uh, I will happily answer that question because difficult to me does not mean um, – uh, uh, trouble like they were hard to work with it's just scheduling was Rob Lowe because it would schedules would change a lot because Rob Lowe was doing our show he was doing he was finishing up um, what was that brothers and sisters and something else and Rob lives in Santa Barbara so he every night because he's such a family guy he did not stay overnight in town he had I mean he had a driver which makes it easier but still he would leave the set at the end of the night and go back to Santa Barbara. And if he had a 7 a.m. call in the morning, he would be back in the morning from Santa Barbara. So I would say that way. And you're, you might be thinking, oh, what a wuss answer. The reason it's not a wuss answer is that um, the set of Parks and the actors on Parks is unlike any set I've ever been on in my life. They We fell in love day one, and it never left us. Amy always called it lightning in a bottle. So there was never actor tension. There was I never heard an actor bitch about another actor. I I just didn't see it. I, I didn't see it. So truly, it was just scheduling with Rob Lowe is the only thing I can come up with. All right, fair enough. Tell me about a time when you personally had a Jerry moment. Oh, dude, all the time. Um, wow, so many. Um, you know, and by Jerry moment, you mean like. A, a mistake verbally or physically or something like that? Yeah, just something that super embarrassing that you wish you could take back and you can't. Maybe not even your fault, but it's just, it's out there. Okay, I, and I'm not going to say her name because I'm so horrified by it that I can't, I won't say her name. I'll just say this. Amy had a party. Amy Poehler had a party. Uh, I think it was, oh, it was either, I think it was Archie's birthday. It doesn't matter. I'm at this party, and, you know, Amy knows everybody, so there's a lot of people there, a lot of celebrities, and blah, blah, blah. I walk up to a certain female celebrity who is awesome, who I've been a big fan of for years. So, you know, I'm excited, like, because I still love meeting. I know I've had the opportunity to work with and meet a lot of, you know, cool people, and I still love that. Like, I, I love meeting people from television and film that I'm a big fan of. So anyway, I walk up, and we're chatting, and we're really having a great time. And uh, she's got a kid in her arms, uh, probably, I don't know, like a one-year-old, maybe one and a half. And then she's saying, oh, and that's my little one coming over at us now. Well, I look, and I thought this when I walked up to her. I thought, oh, well, she's pregnant with another one. Oh, no. I know enough never to say to a woman, you're pregnant. I, I know enough. And yet I said, oh, well, when is this one due? Pointing to her stomach. And she goes, I'm holding him. I want it. I, it's when you want to turn back. The, you don't want Superman to go backward, you know, to spin the, uh, spin the earth backward. Because it was a night I was mortified, mortified. 
And she said, oh, I'm just having trouble getting rid of the belly. And I'm like, oh, God. So the, you know, and she knew I was horrified. I knew I was horrified. But then I did go in and uh, I mentioned it to Amy. And Amy, I said, Amy, I just, oh, my God. And she, goes, she started laughing. She goes, oh, people say to her all the time. So I think she was just trying to make me feel better. But uh, so that was a huge Jerry moment, awful moment. Oh, buddy, I don't even know how you recovered from that. I didn't recover. That's the whole thing. I kind of slinked away. I was so embarrassed. Now, I have seen her, I'm going to say three times since, and she looks amazing, and it's never been brought up again. <laughs> like, part of me wants to, like, apologize, but then I think, don't relive something that meant nothing to her, hopefully. You know what I mean? And if it did mean something to her, I, I don't want it. Anyway, so I, I just ignore the whole topic when I see her. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, it was embarrassing. But I have, the, I really, you know, I trip. I, I, I There's very, you know, uh, I'm Jerry in many ways when it comes to physicality and saying stupid stuff. Aren't we all, though? We all have a little Jerry. We all are. I agree. Real quick here, how can our fans keep up with you? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jim O'Hare. It's O-H-E-I-R. I'm Facebook. I'm supposed to be doing other stuff. I don't do it. Um, like Instagram, it all seems like a lot of a pain in the ass, um, but that's that's happening. Uh, I'm actually up. I'm, I've been nominated for a daytime Emmy, which is um, very surprising. So that'll be April 30th. Um, I have a movie coming out this summer, that uh, a Soderbergh film called Logan Lucky that will be out there. Uh, of course, Middleman will be out there. Uh, a movie called Landline will be out there. A movie called Heavens to Betsy will be out there. Uh, also, it's kind of all over the place. Jim O'Hare, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Justin. This was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gig Salad Green Room Interviews. For more interviews like this one, be sure and click subscribe. And if you think of someone who you'd really like to hear us interview, be sure and let us know in the comments section. And as always, don't forget to visit gigsalad.com to find out how we can help you book something awesome. For everyone here in the Gig Salad Green Room, I'm Destin Harrison. Thanks for listening.